get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm a hometown hero, baby! Oh, those were great days. Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Before this iteration of the morning show for two and a half years, Michelle Smallman and I did the show, and it was called Carricker and Smallman. And I still have a uh, sign on the bottom of, of the grid that I get every day, a show grid. It tells us what's coming up on the show, and it's the Carricker and Smallman four pillars. And we only added three Uh <laughs> One was all roads lead to hardware. That doesn't apply to the 2023 Cardinals, apparently. Number two is deflect blame at all costs. That is happening with the 2023 Cardinals. Number three is keep the panic bus uh, keys, which we should do for the 2023 Cardinals. And as Michelle joins us now uh, on the celebrity line here on 101 ESPN, Michelle, I've been trying to convince Carrie and Brooke that we should never give 100% because then management would expect, expect it. Uh, what do you think of that, of being our, our fourth pillar? Never give 100%. Do you like it? I like it, Randy. Maybe we can just adjust the wording, like, just coast. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like that. I like it a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I like it because you're right. Once you set the standard, that's what people expect of you. Let's talk about the Cardinals. The Cardinals are a championship. Uh, they're a championship organization. So when they're struggling in the manner in which they are now, we are frustrated because they have historically set the expectations. How is your demeanor these days? My demeanor basis. is great. Okay, good. My demeanor is great, Randy. I'm getting a lot of sleep. I don't know if you remember what that's like, but I get to sleep in. So I'm a happy girl. Okay, but with the Cardinals, because you have a tendency to live and die with your sports teams, are you handling this okay? You know, I am, and maybe it's because today we're reflecting on the Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues, or maybe it's because the last time the Cardinals won the World Series, they were ten and a half games out. Like this team is not good. We all know that, right? Like they are so frustrating. Uh, Matt Rocky and I were just talking before I joined you guys about them finding new ways to lose. They're a head scratching team. But the past two times that we've seen St. Louis championships, it were teams that we never expected to win. So I guess there's just a little part of me in the back of my brain that hasn't given up 100% hope and just believes a little bit that they're going to find a way to self-regulate. Michelle, we are Illini, and so we understand what losing looks like, and I, I don't know that this is that. I, I mean, I would love for it to be, but this is this is tough to watch day in and day out. You know, Carrie, did you have to bring up that we're Illini and that we're used to losing? I, I, like to, I like to remind people that I know suffering, Michelle. I do. I understand it. 
It's been some rough years as an <laughs> Illinois football and basketball fan, let me tell you. No, you're totally right. I'm just trying to be positive because Randy and I are always looking uh, at the glass half full, but no, it's been rough. It's been a, a rough watch. You guys have to watch the games for work. When I watch, I feel like an emotional masochist. I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? I am not contractually obligated to watch these games anymore. <laughs> Michelle, it has been very rough. I feel like every Cardinals fan deserves some free therapy after the way that this season has gone, but we're celebrating the parade today the blue stanley cup parade what is one of your favorite memories from that oh gosh brooke there are so many uh when randy first asked me to come on the show i took a trip down memory lane and i was going through my camera roll of that day and i don't think it's one specific memory that pops out but more of a general feeling randy i don't know if you remember but we got down there super early and the streets were I mean, like 50 people deep already, super early in the morning, and it had started to rain. And we were kind of thinking, man, St. Louis has waited uh, the entirety of the Blues' existence for this moment. Is it really going to rain on the actual parade? And right before the cars started coming out, the clouds opened up, and it was a perfect day. And I just remember walking around, and every single person there was infused with pure joy, whether it was a fan in the crowd or a player or a member of the media, the security guards that were working there. That's the reason that we love sports is that it brings everyone together. And I will never, ever, ever forget the vibe of that day and what our community went through. We were all connected as one and we were all celebrating that day. That's what sports does. That's the beautiful thing about winning championships and, and being a part of those teams. Just the emotions that come with it, the highs and the lows, and then to get back to that high. What, that, that time, the, the Blues, you talked about that season. What do you remember from that season, from how they were losing until how they just made that run towards the end of the championship? Carrie, I'll never forget this either. I was doing the show with Bernie Nicholas at the time, and we had Tom Stillman in studio when the Blues were in dead last place. Just as the calendar had turned to 2019, they were in dead last place. He came in studio, I believe, for an hour. And we were basically like, hey, explain yourself. Like, what is going on? This team is not good. And he kept saying... I have belief in this group. They are better than this, and we're going to find a way out of this. And I remember when he left the studio, Bernie and I kind of looked at each other like, bless his heart. Like, of course, he's going to be positive about this group, but they are not that good. And then when they went to Philly and Jordan Bennington got put between the pipes and they found their rallying song in Gloria, it just felt like it was a team of destiny, that all of these little pieces were coming into place, these magical storylines, whether it was, Layla or the I mean we could go on and on about all the different stories that happened up until that moment but even in the Stanley Cup final when they had that terrible blowout Randy I think it was in game three when Benner got pulled at home was that game three it was yeah that's the one that you would have rather gone to a Stapes concert (laughs) (laughs) that's right the Stapes Cup but even in game three when Benner got pulled and it seemed like the Blues weren't going to find a way it just felt like they were destined for this and they they didn't have great success at home during those playoffs and you know they had to do it the hard way but they stuck true to their style of hockey and they got it done it was just it was a storybook finish. It was a storybook season, and it was one of those things that our city waited a really, really long time for, but it couldn't have played out any better. Michelle, another great story is Randy Carricker having a tattoo also because of you <laughs> and that Stanley Cup run, right? <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, okay. But, you know, <laughs> you know, and I don't know how many, I know people know the story, but just as a refresher, I used to be Randy's producer on the Fast Lane before I was his co-host, and 
I don't remember exactly when the bet was made, but Randy and I were so convinced that the St. Louis Blues were cursed. We were looking up things online on the dark web about how to reverse a curse. <laughs> we were going to go down to Enterprise Center uh, with black salt and, and do some sort of a spell on the building because we thought maybe that would help. And he was so convinced that they would never win a Stanley Cup <laughs> that I was like, he said, if they win a Stanley Cup, I'll get a tattoo. Or somehow I posed it to him. And Randy Carragher is a man of integrity. He's a man of his word. And shortly after they won, he got a tattoo on his back of the Stanley Cup. I was surprised how big it was, but it is a beautiful piece of artwork. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised how big it was too, Michelle. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's still you know, there. Walk right into that. Walk right into that one. <laughs> well, and that, you, that was one of the things, too, about the power of this radio station is as we walked around before the parade started and we're traversing our way through the crowds, what was it? You think it was half of the people that we ran across asked about the, the ink? Hey, what are you getting the tat, Randy? Yes. Randy's the mayor of St. Louis. Everywhere we go, everyone wants to stop, shake Randy's hand. He's shaking hands, kissing babies. But everybody was like, oh, my gosh, Randy Carragher. Can you believe they won when you're getting the tie? It was like the second follow-up question. So can you believe that we're here right now? It was, it was crazy. And I want you to tell the story about Vladdy with the, with the kid. That is probably in a, in a sea of highlights, maybe the most special moment to me of that day. So all of the guys were so incredible with the crowd. They were part of the community that day. They always are, but they were not in the car. You know, a lot of times when you see these parades, the guys are in the floats or, or they're in, um, you know, the, the big, per, or the cars, whatever they are. They're separated from the crowd. They're protected in a way because these are fans. They're fanatics. They're excited. They may be a little inebriated. And so the players are a little cautious about getting in the crowd. But these guys, from the second that those cars turned down Market Street. They were out. They were high-fiving. They were drinking beers with the crowd. And Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, Randy and I got the opportunity to follow around different players. And Vladimir Tarasenko was going around, and he would find different people in the crowd, whether I, I know he and Alex Petrangelo at one point found someone in a wheelchair, and they brought the cup to him because he couldn't necessarily get up and touch it like other people were. But Vladdy went over, and he found this, this man, this young man with special needs, and gave him the biggest hug. He took pictures with him. He was signing his jersey. And he just stood there for like maybe two minutes and really interacted with him. And the joy that it brought him and his family and just the way that Vladdy interacted with everybody that day, you saw a different side of him. And that's the Vladimir Tarasenko, despite all of the records and the goals and what may have went down towards the end with him. That's the Vladimir Tarasenko that I'll always remember with the St. Louis Blues. And you know what, Michelle, when Blues players and the – the Blues relationship with their fans is different than most sports teams. But Blues players always talk about how much they care about the fans. And we saw that day that it wasn't lip service, whether it was Pat Maroon allowing a, a veteran in a wheelchair to drink out of the cup or the interactions that Colton Pareko had. Every single player, it, uh, Braden Shen with his fireman's hat, every single player was interacting with the fans and they were friends. The players were fans with, were friends with fans all day long. I was going through the photos, like I mentioned in my camera roll. And at one point I was walking with Ryan O'Reilly and he just, 
stopped. I have it on video. Stopped and looked around and was like, can you believe these people? Can you believe this? And I said, if you could say anything to St. Louis right now, what would you say? And he just took a deep breath. And you could see him kind of letting the moment sink in. Because for as long as St. Louis has waited for this, you think about the blood, sweat, tears, injuries, effort, you know, work, everything that these guys had gone through. And they knew that St. Louis was behind them in the most passionate way the entire time. And he just looked around and he's like, I would just say thank you. This is the most unreal reception we could have ever asked for. And what a special place to be. One thing about Michelle Smallman (laughs) is Michelle Smallman, uh, when she's back in town, is really into the restaurant scene and loves everything about the St. Louis restaurant scene. And I know is a big devotee of the salt and smoke macaroni and cheese. And by the way, Michelle is with us now on the opening drive, a.k.a. the balloon party mm-hmm. here on 101 ESPN. Uh, so what, M- Michelle, first of all, I know you love that that salt and smoke mac and cheese, right? Of course. And actually, Randy, you're the one that introduced me to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's great. But what is the one St. Louis restaurant item that you miss most being in New York? Oh, my God. What a difficult question, Randy. I was unprepared. There's so many things that I miss. I mean, just off the top of my head, though, Louis is my favorite restaurant in St. Louis, and that chicken that they do at Louis yes. is the best chicken I've ever had in my entire mm-hmm. life. I would put that chicken up against any chicken in the world, and I, when I go home, that's one of my first spots is to go to Louis, get the chicken. Michelle, Louis yes. is Louis is literally my favorite restaurant in town too. One because the service is unmatched; they are incredible to all their guests. That chicken, I dream about that chicken dish. <laughs> I'm glad I I'm not dream the only one. about it. The way that they like bake, I don't know what they do, but the whatever they exactly. do to it, it is. Immaculate. It's it's the jus they make. It's it's like I asked them how they make the jus, the and jus. it's yes, it's okay. it's you cannot make it at home because you need an industrial like strength blender oh. to like get the like the flavors they have in there. So like you 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 have it, and you're like I can do this at home. You can't. No. You have to go there to get it, and it's worth it. The thing I love about you, Rock, is you ask questions, the important <laughs> questions. That that is an important question. You want to know how it it's happens. Hard to get a reservation yes. there. I wanted to make it at home one day. I <laughs> Not love that place. Michelle Carey has an important question for you. I have a very important question. So. <laughs> Every day, you know, at a certain time of the day, we have this thing called the fight. And you mentioned that you were a producer for one Randy character. And I, I have heard how difficult it is. Rock has an issue with this. Uh, Anthony Stalter has had issues with this. Coming up with one with questions for one Randy character seems to be one of the toughest jobs in the business. How many sleepless nights were there and how difficult is that job to, to provide questions for a man that knows everything. Can I add one note here? Go ahead. Michelle, I think you and I went through like five <laughs> producers in our two and a half years, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And that's all on me. So, okay, you can answer the question. Um, it is way more difficult than you think. It is a very fine line because not only does the question have to be hard enough that it could potentially stump Randy Carricker, but it has to be easy enough that a St. Louis sports fan who is potentially driving or doing a bunch of things or is nervous on the spot or who isn't, I don't know, mega mind like Randy might be able to know the answer to. So it's a, it's a super thin gray area that you have to live in to get those questions. It was impossible for me. It was so hard. I was so stressed. I outsourced a lot of it. Uh, Bradford Brun, shout out to Bradford, who used to work there, he used to help me because he was a genius and he would he would send me things and be like, this might be a difficult fight question for Randy. So we had this big database where I would just keep things. But maybe for... Uh, you know, a couple hours a week, I would sit and mine questions and just save them because I knew that 
and I also had a database of questions that were used in the past because that's also hard too. You know, you do that producer job for long enough, Rock, you know. You're like, did I already ask him about the 1985 <laughs> rotation? Like, I can't remember. So it's really hard. Well, we had a texter text in saying Rock asked the question, uh, gave us a specific date of February 24th, and it's because he was on the show that day. But all in all, <laughs> it is difficult, and I, I do give Rock a, a tough time because it's fun for me. Uh, Michelle, I have great fun when there's a little bit of angst and anger between the two. I'm, I'm in, I'm living my best life. Should I? So my I guess my next question is: Should I be a little bit more lenient to Rock when he uh, when he's trying to come up with these questions? Carrie, why don't you do this as someone that's sat in the Matt, Matt Rocchio chair? Why don't you come up with the questions for a week and oh. then we'll see how you feel? I, I, yeah, no, I don't think I want that amount of pressure. <laughs> I don't think that that's something that I should sign up for. It's better to laugh than to be in so, that seat. But I, I was now. I, I think we need to point this out because I think there's a misperception here. I was never really mean to you about a question, was I? Who me? No, 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 never. So you're not mean to Rocky either. You're just very uh, frustrated that's a, that at times. Very, fr- very but that, but that frustrated. <laughs> With the gotcha questions. Oh, that's that's a gotcha question. Yeah, no, you ask how many touchdowns did Mike Vrabel score in his career? That was. A... <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Michelle. You guys, you guys probably know this, but when Randy is upset about a question, his demeanor changes. He stands oh, yes. his, yeah. oh, yeah. his face, his face like drops down. His mouth tightens a little bit. And as the producer, I would always be like, "Oh no, oh, no. Oh, is this the time that he's gonna." get mad at me i don't know what did i do wrong and randy is such a gem he is is the best person to work with ever ever but when i when that energy would shift oh, yeah. i would be on pins and needles because <laughs> i knew that i had messed up in some way i i guess i gotta be i i, I just laugh i just laugh hysterically it, it's it's the best time for me watching him as you said mouth get a little bit tight he's over there fuming <laughs> he, his face gets a little a little bit red or he's he's angered when when things are not done in the right manner because he's so nice Michelle he is the nicest person you know this Randy will do anything for anyone but when he gets angry Randy is my favorite Randy (laughs) because he doesn't get angry all the time so that's my favorite Randy to watch yeah, rage blackout Randy is rare, yes. but when he when he comes out, buckle up. <laughs> okay, a couple more things for Michelle Smallman. Number one, you were on on uh, the weekend Memorial Day Saturday, and you guys were having a great conversation. By the way, it's unbelievable to me that somebody has never been to a concert A and B doesn't enjoy concerts. Was that a, a setup, or did uh, did the producer of that show really not like concerts? So. Randy, I'm glad you brought this up because it was the more unbelievable conversations I've ever had in my entire life. I was co-hosting with Dari Noka and Rob Guerrera at the time. And uh, Dari was talking, or excuse me, our producer, Nick Cardi, was talking about the fact that he had gone to the Taylor Swift show the night before at July, or in New York, I believe. And he was saying it was one of the most unbelievable concerts he's ever been to. So naturally, I posed the question to a group during a commercial break, what's the best concert you've ever been to? Darinoka gives his, I give mine. Dats goes, I've never been to a concert and I never will. I don't understand why people would spend the money to go hear music that they can listen to on the radio or on their iPod for free. And we were like, that is the most insane thing I've ever heard. That's like saying you never want to go to a sporting event because you can watch it on TV. It's about the live experience. It's about being with people. 
people. Sometimes hearing people live is different than the album. And we were trying to convince him that he should go to a show. And he said, never. Even if he got free tickets to a show, he would never go to a concert. Wow. Wow. That is a very interesting take. I I think it's even more (laughs) enjoyable to go in person, especially the Taylor Swift concerts have been packed. Yeah, seeing live music is one of my favorite things in the world. I was flabbergasted by this. But, you know, some people just have a take that they're going to stick by forever. And I feel like this is his take. You know what I mean? That where he's just like, no matter what anybody tells me, this is my take. And I'm just going to dig my heels in. And this is going to be how I live my life. Well, Michelle, there's somebody in this room that we have literally started a segment when we have these longer (laughs) shows that is called... Rockio's hills to die on because this man will stick by things no matter what, even if it's crazy, like he doesn't like hot fruit. So like a pie, different things like that, baked apples, doesn't like hot fruit. That was one. Uh, not toasting his Pop-Tarts. That's another. It, it, that is that was, not, that was not a hill. That was a common That's dreadful. Terrible cake. Awful. I mean, like, yeah, maybe if you're trying to survive in the wilderness and it's all you have in your backpack, you need a cold Pop-Tart. But, like, we live in 2023. We have access to modern kitchen appliances. Toast that bad boy. Michelle, his reasoning was it takes too long. That's a misrepresentation of my argument. So anyway, to get back to the concert thing, it was, oh. uh, uh, and I don't know if it was Dari that brought it up. I think it might have been asked. So, and this was not known what happened in game three of the Stanley Cup finals, but they, they said, so you would have rather gone to a concert than a random game three of the Stanley Cup finals? And you said, uh, and you had it as a Chris Stapleton, Stapes to us, concert. And you said, yeah. And as it turns out, the Blues lost game three, seven to two. And the only thing that really was of interest in game three was that I almost punched out some Boston media members. <laughs> <laughs> that was, talk about rage, blackout, Randy. I thought we were going to have a brawl in the press box. It was unbelievable. So we, wow. yeah, it was, it was the first, Randy, wasn't game three the first? home Stanley Cup final game of that was game three with the first one at home, right? Exactly right. So, you know, St. Louis had been waiting for this for a really long time. The vibes around the city were immaculate. We were so hyped for the Blues to come home. We were so hyped that we had arrived at this moment in time. And then things started to unravel pretty quickly <laughs> with the team on the ice. And we're sitting in the press box behind this group. And it was an auxiliary press box. So it was kind of one of those smaller suites. So you're really was- close to the people. Yeah. It was a luxury suite. And, and it's, so there's no counter okay. or anything. And it's it's just like people would go for any corporate suite mm-hmm. event. They set it up for the media too. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so they're very close in front of us is what I was getting at. The proximity to one another is small so you can hear everything they're saying. And they were ripping the blues. They were ripping St. Louis. It was it was a sight to behold because Randy's listening to all this, and I can see the wheels turning in his head. Just like when a question on the fight is wrong, I can see the energy shift. I can see the mouth tighten. I can see the redness start to flare up in the cheeks. And I'm thinking, if the Bruins score one more goal and these guys keep surfing, this is not going to end well. This is going to be a bad scene, and I'm not strong enough to separate them. Like it's just going down at this point. I might just film it for content for the show but i can't stop anything from happening oh man no but uh, and finally michelle said should i go get somebody so that we can get these guys to shut up and i said no it's fine and then uh yeah but you know what they were pretty quiet after game seven that's the key 
That's right. I mean, Brad Marchand was crying, and I didn't hear much from the media after that. Not at all. Not at all. So uh, you've been doing a ton of stuff. We've heard a lot of you on ESPN. How's everything going? Everything is great. I uh, have been working a lot of weekends. I'm going to be working again. Uh, I'm basically working every weekend through the summer. So this Saturday, I'm going to be on 12 to 3 Central Time. Sunday, 6 to 9 a.m. with Peter Burns. You guys are up then. And then I'm really excited about this. Just like I was Randy's producer, and then I got the honor and the privilege to host with Randy Carriker in my career. Uh, next week, I'm going to get to host on SiriusXM with Danny Cannell. And I used to produce uh, Rosillo and Cannell on ESPN Radio. So to get the opportunity to host with Danny, one of my favorite people on earth, and someone who I used to produce, produce for, it's a really cool full circle moment. For That'll me. be great. And what a great show. We're looking forward to it. Hey, thanks for taking some time. Thanks for reminiscing today. That was one of my favorite things. And I've been, uh, we actually did the, uh, I've done 40 years in radio now, Michelle. We had that a couple of weeks ago. But in those 40 years, one of my favorite days was our day together doing that Stanley Cup championship parade. Well, it was my singular favorite day, Randy. My career peaked on that day in 2019. I don't think that I will ever be happier covering event or have had more fun covering an event. And I'm so happy that I got to do it with you. It was so special. And, um, you know, we went blues. We did it. So let's not give up hope on the Cardinals, even though... It's hard to believe, but we didn't think the Blues could do it either, you know? That's, that's a great point. And, by the way, it's nice to have that fourth pillar is just coast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? All right, we'll talk to you later. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. Thanks. Thank you. Michelle Smallman, uh, former producer and co-host and now doing great work in New York. ESPN this weekend, as you heard, she'll be on uh, a Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning, and the next week we're working with Danny Cannell, too. So that'll be great.